This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we're rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Paul visits James, Paul arrested in the temple, Paul asks to speak, Paul's story begun, and Paul's story interrupted. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. O Lord, open my lips. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
A reading from St. Matthew, chapter 19. Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of, of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the most challenging aspects of leadership during times of change is really managing expectations. When you're making changes in an organization, shifting gears in a plan, the churn and uncertainty will abound with those in your organization, as well as the stakeholders outside of your organization. And one of the best ways to mitigate that anxiety is to manage expectations. Remind them of the new reality, the new changes, and how they will end up affecting them personally and professionally. In our text for this morning, Jesus is managing expectations. Our text begins just after Jesus spent a few minutes managing the expectation of the rich young ruler. The words of Jesus in our text can't be separated from this important exchange with this young man. You see, this rich young ruler's expectations were that he was on his way to heaven, his best life ever. But there was something gnawing at him, that there must be still something he must accomplish or do to get across the finish line, entering into the kingdom of heaven. His expectation was he was almost in and should be able to complete the process if he just knew what it was he had to do. Something inside of him told him he wasn't quite there yet, but close. And Jesus crushes his dreams, his expectations. He tells them he must sell everything and follow him. The rich young man had the earthly view and expectations. You live a good life, obey the commandments, and you're in. Your expectation is you will be rewarded for your good works. But he went away crushed. Now our text picks it up. And Jesus now directs to his disciples and says, Amen, I say to you, that with great difficulty will a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven. 
It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. These words of Jesus shocked the disciples. They were utterly dumbfounded and is displayed in their question to Jesus, who then is able to be saved? If this guy can't get in, how are we going to get in? How's anyone going to get in? Their expectations were similar to the rich young man. There had to be some good reward for good works, some reward for all the sacrifices that they made. While not everyone is rich in this world, all have sinful desire to be rich in some way, money, reputation, friends, popularity, most followers, most likes, etc. We cannot overlook that the disciples' reaction is due to their expectations who had to be managed again by Jesus. Over and over again, their Lord reminded them that the kingdom is not of this world. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The kingdom of heaven is not earned. There is no way to work your way into heaven. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It is impossible for anyone to get to heaven apart from Jesus. This managing of expectations by Jesus, apart from Christ, it's impossible to be saved. As Dr. Lenski in his commentary writes, here perishes all Pelagianism, moralism, synergism. Man himself can do absolutely nothing toward his salvation by natural powers of his own. And he continues, but the more all hope of our own activity dies, whether we are rich or poor, the more our hope in God and his grace rises like the morning sun with healing in his wings. Jesus managed their expectations and he manages ours. We are saved by the grace of God for Christ's sake through faith and not by works. Seems simple enough. Yet even after that, our text continues and reveals that the disciples and even we often still can't quite get on board with this grace alone expectation and hint that there must still at least be some sort of reward for all they have sacrificed to Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. This is proven in Peter's words. What then shall be ours? What are we gonna get? It's hard to kill that expectation of our human nature of works righteousness in this world. Similar to our unmanaged expectations, surely I should get some extra reward, leaving a vocation which may make a lot more money than a pastor, left my work, my friends, or maybe even family to attend this great seminary in Fort Wayne. I have sacrificed a lot, and I'm still sacrificing as a professor, a staff member, or a student for the sake of the gospel. The expectation maybe says, well, that has to count for something extra, maybe. But Jesus shifts to manage the expectations to the heavenly view, reminding them that they don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. The apostles have followed Jesus and his call, and their unique office will be exercised on the last day. In the end, it doesn't matter how much one has lost or given up for Jesus' sake, all who believe in Jesus will inherit eternal life. He assures them that the generosity and grace of God makes all things possible, and that with God nothing is impossible. This displays his boundless grace even before they did any works. Jesus responds to Peter and affirms the unique status of Peter and the Twelve in a remarkable way. 
but then he immediately transitions and manages the expectations again of all disciples, including you and me. He speaks these words, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. First of all, this acknowledges that sacrifices will be made either voluntarily or involuntarily upon the follower of Jesus. Either they will leave loved ones and or possessions to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those they are called to serve, or others will cut them off due to their love of Jesus. Secondly, it becomes increasingly popular that we need to somehow eliminate sacrifices and hardships at the expense of preparing good pastors and church workers. We increasingly hear the drumbeat of it's too hard, too difficult, too inconvenient, too expensive to go to our seminaries or our universities or to go to a small rural parish, go to the mission field, or dare I say, become a military chaplain. It's too hard on me and my family. We must find an easier way, but at what expense? Has the expectation changed for the quality and training of the Zale Zorger, the surgeon of the soul? Would we lower our expectations for, the heart, for a heart surgeon? Jesus in our text is managing our expectations. This is spoken as a matter of fact. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first. We must take up our cross and follow him. We must answer the call to go into the harvest field where there are souls who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and receive his sacraments. Everyone, all believers will suffer some loss as we follow Jesus in this sin-sick world. No reason to compare. It's all by the grace of God for Christ's sake through faith that anyone inherits the eternal life. It is an inheritance, not earned or deserved, given freely, bought and paid for by this Jesus who managed the expectations of the entire world by being born in a barn and not in a palace, by taking on human flesh, keeping the law perfectly for us, suffering and dying and rising again for us to pay the ransom for our sins. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Apart from Christ, nothing is possible. But with Christ, all things are possible. So you and I also will be saved for Jesus' sake, and we will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.
O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, my prayer, O Lord. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you. Hide your face from my sins. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Cast me not away from your presence. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And the Holy Spirit. Because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings I will sing your joy. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Save your people and bless your heritage. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, since we cannot stand before you relying on anything we have done, help us trust in your abiding grace and live according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God of hosts, stretch forth your almighty arm to strengthen and protect those who serve in the armed forces of our country, especially Alan Hozier, Cassie Hozier, Nicholas Arias, and Alexander Mundorf. Support them at all times 
Keep them from all evil and give them courage and loyalty. Grant that in all things they may serve with integrity and with honor. Also, give your continual blessings to the chaplains who minister in your name in the armed forces, especially Raymond Ayers, Carl Gibbs, Sol Groskopf, David McCarthy, Edward Wright, David Werdeman, Benjamin Barr, Timothy Evans, Isaac Wirtz, Gerald Heineke, David Witte, Chad Potts, and Nathaniel Jensen. Grant that by your gracious working they may honor Christ and advance the good of those committed to their care. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, the Lord. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen.